0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Special Advising No Parent Left Behind, a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, who welcomes siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mark Ingrassi and I have 34 years of experience as a classroom teacher, parent coach, and advocate. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, an outpouring of goodness, and positive role modeling for your children, while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. Today I'd like to speak about discrimination, both historic and present day. Is there a realistic alternative to prejudice and unjust treatment of groups of people based on ethnicity, religion, or a personal belief system? sex, or disability? When we're considering differences that do not seek to harm others, is it possible to allow everyone to simply be who they are? After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip, followed by your good news community share. So let's throw our arms around one another, listen to one another, and thoughtfully move in for another win. You are special, you are significant, and you have value. But would you be shocked and offended if someone told you that you were too different to be permitted into the sphere of acceptable human beings, that you don't qualify as valuable? Are we all just stereotypes that fit neatly into groups of people that need to be given permission to exist? Or are we individuals, equal on a basic human level with varying means and gifts that can contribute positively to our world? How would you feel if you were told you couldn't be you? Humankind is accustomed to the discrimination of others. It's been part of human history for ages. And although different in appearance from the ways and manner in which it has subjugated others in the past, I believe the core reason for it continues to be the same today. It helps to keep the us feeling safe from the them. According to the National Library of Medicine's study entitled Exposure to Intergroup Conspiracy Theories Promotes Prejudice, which spreads across groups, research suggests that people might also believe conspiracy theories in an attempt to meet their personal needs for security and control. Along this vein, research has shown that people turn to conspiracy theories when they are anxious, feel powerless, or lack socio-political control. Conspiracy theories may therefore allow people to feel that they are restoring a sense of control and security. I don't see this changing anytime soon, but I believe this is a choice that people and societies make, allowing for its perpetuation. I say that knowing historically and today how many good people have stood and continue to stand up and fight for equal acknowledgement of the very existence of themselves and others deemed unacceptable. The separation of groups or individuals according to certain characteristics and the attachment of narratives to them that are not based in fact, resulting in demeaning labels and stereotypes and demonizing and relegating them to the shadows. People may yet mourn divisions among us privately or in safe company, but the fears that can drive discrimination can also keep one quiet despite one's doubts about or lack of understanding of those fears. We live in a violent age that's driving us apart. And those that spread conspiracies intended to prop themselves up or advance a movement that is anathema to human decency and the idea of all people being equal embolden their sense of superiority when their voice is reinforced by the followers they collect. Discrimination is an enemy. It's historic and furthers the poisoning of the well of person kind. In recent years, the very public rise of discrimination against multiple groups seems to be hearkening back to a time before the information age, before the masses had the opportunity to be educated and study a history of mistreatment and segregation of others who were different or were the wrong kind of human, or not in favor with their god or gods, when ignorance stood in the path of knowledge. Discrimination is a societal ill, once glossed over more as a chronic symptom not wanting to be exposed in the daylight, where now it's flagrantly more and more acute and metastasizing at a great rate. There are many legitimate reasons for this that don't make the discrimination legitimate, it just explains why it's happening. I will explore some history of disabled discrimination, how it continues today, and other forms of discrimination whose popularity is flourishing in today's culture here in America. In America today, despite their pronouncements of self-proclaimed religious fealty to a loving God, Second Amendment rights positioning, and pronounced loyalty to the Constitution, which proclaims all men are created equal, there are those who suspiciously narrow their scope when it comes to who their idea of God loves and accepts. In their reality, free speech only works when it espouses their views and is not actually equal for those that are not them. I use the pronoun "there" in an open-ended context so as not to point to a specific group, but rather to all people who limit others in their choices, their culture, and their natural inclinations, their expression of beliefs, and their right to express them. And for me, that does not include hate speech or infer or directly or indirectly relate to or lead to violence or murder. I'm addressing our tendencies to be outraged by certain discriminations, yet simultaneously display an ability to turn around and discriminate against another group of human beings because they threaten our way of life, or, this is my favorite speaking point, often used, uh, the children, which is, you know, bait used in order to gain sympathy for an argument. Imagine a world attuned to embracing all of our differences, no matter who we are. I know, idealism. And I agree, it's, it's probably an impossible task, but it's made more so because we are a culture bound by multi and social media platforms that model the opposite. So we have no choice. Or do we? I'm using this platform to appeal to those of you who know either personally or related to or a friend of someone with a disability who has struggled for fair play in this world, and then ask you to consider what's happening to others, such as black people whose history is being denied its rightful place in the teaching of American history and the banning of books by black authors, Jews who are suffering the angst and real threat of antisemitism, Asian hate that's been on the rise, The same types of job and human rights discrimination experienced by the disabled community that the LGBTQ plus community is facing. New state laws around the country are eroding these rights and and looking to erase their very existence. The way disability was looked upon as far back as medieval times has changed quite dramatically. However, there's still a, a certain tone deafness that still exists today despite the advancements in disability rights. Unfortunately, many of the same thoughts, feelings, and actions permeate societies around the world and here in America. In some countries, it may be balanced better by legislation that gives disabled people equal rights, but that ideal is as real as all men are created equal. And why is that? Well, the answers lie in inequality of incomes, environment, education, etc. The same things that always separate the haves from the have-nots, but why do we choose to allow it is the question. I know this riff can quickly go down a rabbit hole of preaching and admonishment, and I don't want to get lost there because that's not my goal. This is an opportunity to appeal to the hearts of my listeners and those they may influence. The bigger point of this episode is to ask why we're hating more people for being different and factioning off and taking sides that stop considering our humanity and the preciousness of life. From the National League of Nurses website, In the medieval era, disability was considered a punishment from God for one's sins, or a misbehavior, or that of one's ancestors. Others over the centuries have viewed disability as the work of the devil. Disability was seen as a failure, deformity, or defect of the individual. And as a result of the myths about disability, people with disabilities were feared and often stigmatized, shunned, abused, or condemned. People with visible disabilities were even used for entertainment, example as court jesters or oddities in circuses and freak shows. Children and adults with severe disabilities were kept at home, isolated and hidden from public view. They were often denied what others received, including education, care, employment, and a place in the family or in society. They were considered different and their differences were viewed negatively. Disability was viewed as an inability and those with disabilities were often viewed as a burden to their families and to society as a whole. In societies that required travel to escape danger or to obtain food, children and adults with disabilities were often abandoned. Policies and laws that extend back to 1857 have promoted the inclusion of individuals with disabilities in society. Many of the early policies and laws addressed employment or income support, housing and transportation, rather than health and access to health care. Those federal agencies that address disability focused largely on its prevention, which left little attention paid to the health of individuals with existing disabilities. Although not the first federal legislation to address disability, the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, was the first comprehensive civil rights law designed to prevent discrimination of people with disabilities in employment and access to public and private services. I'd like to refer back to the idea that people in medieval times thought being disabled meant that God was punishing them for sin or the result of being born under the hostile influence of the planet Saturn. <laughs> what, you may ask? A planet being hostile and cursing one with a disability? Can you believe the things that people thought and believed in those days? It sounds really, really far fetched. Well, I feel it does, but. held up against some of the conspiracy theories that are pushing a hateful agenda from certain groups today, Saturn's hatred for the disabled fits comfortably in with today's tales of Jewish lasers in space, or politicians and wealthy famous people eating babies, or Holocaust deniers claiming it was a hoax to gain sympathy for the Jewish people, a very chilling thought, or all gay and LGBTQ plus individuals are groomers of children who want to indoctrinate them with transgenderism in kindergarten that the Sandy Hook mass murders were staged, that black history being taught in schools will make our children uncomfortable, and is being banned in states like Florida where their education department has blocked a proposed advanced placement course focused on African-American studies, calling it a form of political indoctrination and a violation of state law. The rise in book banning is also another form of discrimination. Book bans have plagued many U.S. schools throughout 2022. With stories focusing on the LGBTQ plus and race issues, states including Missouri and Utah have been intensifying crackdowns in recent months with some Utah school libraries now requiring permission slips for students to borrow books covering LGBTQ plus themes. Books about or by LGBTQ persons or people of color have been disproportionately targeted. And as the books go, there goes with it, freedom of speech. I don't expect this to be a waning thing, said Jonathan Friedman, director of free expression and education programs at PEN America, which champions freedom of writing and speech worldwide. I'm not going to delve into the politics that surely motivates a lot of these movements. The people in power who inject the ideas into people who are expected to trust the storyteller on blind faith. They're, They're not asked to think for themselves or to find the truth. So I encourage you to do your own work, Research, read, listen to your heart. If something doesn't feel natural, like hating someone for their honest beliefs, again, not hateful beliefs, then decide for yourself. Don't give over to those who want to use you to advance their positions. Research has shown that conspiracy theories appeal more to narcissists and losers of political processes, who are both arguably motivated to defend or restore their sense of self-esteem or feeling of group worth, and if you believe in a God, and this God is a loving God, then how can anyone balance their belief with the mistreatment or discrimination of others? If, in theory, God is supposed to be about love, and the Bible says to love thy neighbor, then it doesn't jibe that thy neighbor has to be like me, or that means they're less than I am, or bad, or whatever. The Dalai Lama said true religion is kindness, so let's make that a universal practice. Just be kind and lead with love. Because it all comes down to the quiet, reflective moments when we can truly get in touch with our humanity and place our hearts before our heads and use it to relate openly and with a curious mind to the world and the varieties of persons inhabiting it. Let's look at ourselves. Look at our fears that are being projected onto another. Look at what we're angry about and stop imposing that anger, fear, and hatred for how you see yourself or your circumstances, onto another who is different from you. Another person's existence, I feel, has nothing to do with the choices we make for ourselves and the way we want to live our lives. Let's try and make room for everyone. It's anti-human to reject our brethren. For those that profess loyalty to a country like America, remember that America stands for freedom. You can't have peace without freedom. you can't have America without diversity. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. If you say you're an American, then this is what America stands for. Disabled people have been discriminated against and are now receiving more rights and opportunities than ever before in history. It's not perfect, but it's happening. Let's take the lessons we've learned that have allowed for the recognition of this critical sector of the human race and from the contributions they've made to advance us as a people and a planet and apply them to similar historic discriminations of other groups. Let people just be who they are. We're all humans and that makes us all equal. It's time now for a Tip of the Cap, your Exceptional Needs Parenting Tip. Today's tip comes from understood.org. Be specific. Some kids have trouble understanding the why, what, and when in your requests. Others may be too distracted or overactive to pay attention. It can be helpful to closely pair your directions with a reward for completing a task. Today's Good News Community Share comes from PositiveParentingNews.org, entitled TAP, Teachers and Parents as Partners. From Lincoln, Nebraska's Ivanhoe Newswire. Studies find that parental involvement in a child's education can lead to more learning, higher test scores, and graduation rates, and more opportunities to pursue a higher education. But parental involvement does not only mean helping with homework developing a strong parent-teacher partnership can make a huge difference. For mom Paola Arita, getting her son Antonio to school was not always easy. So when his teacher suggested a program to help, she was all in. Paola joined TAP, or Teachers and Parents as Partners, which helps kids create action plans. The children whose parents and teachers participated in TAP were found to have better academic skills, were better able to stay on task, make better decisions at home and school, and got along better with their peers. Our research is finding that this investment of about 8 to 10 weeks where parents and teachers are working intently together, those gains persist at least a year out, said Susan Sheridan, Ph.D. director, Nebraska Center for Research on Children, Youth, Families, and Schools. Sheridan says parents can nurture the relationship with their child's teacher by following the three C's. The first C is communication. Share with the teacher tips and tidbits about what seems to be helping that child either have a better mood or behave more effectively, stated Sheridan. Teachers can also help by sending positive messages to parents early. Simple things like, the child did a really nice thing for a peer today, or I love how funny he is, or I can tell that you're working really hard with Johnny because I'm seeing some real benefit, Sheridan explained. The second C is collaboration work together to create goals to help the child achieve desired behavior and skills. And the third C is consistency. Paola saw a big difference in her son after taking part in TAP. Sheridan says teachers and parents partnering up can help students at all grade levels, but the majority of the data shows lasting benefits of TAP for students between kindergarten and fifth grade and for their teachers. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode and hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising and on my website, specialadrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialadrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you would like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know, as always, if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.